My name is Dr. Michaela Keegan Yadley, and I've spent the last 17 years of my career in schools as a teacher and principal. I started the Dissect Ed podcast to help you by using my strengths of connecting and relating to bring amazing guests to you each week. We will cover a wide range of topics related to all aspects of and roles in education. My goal? For you to enjoy and feel successful in your role so we keep amazing teachers and leaders in schools. Thank you for all you do. Take care and enjoy. This podcast episode is brought to you by the 3D Printing Man. Get everything from custom food bowls for your pets to chore lists for your family in more than 15 vibrant colors, all custom designed. Visit his store on Etsy by searching the 3D Printing Man, all one word. Again, that's the 3D Printing Man on Etsy and get 10% off with the code DISSECTED. Happy Tuesday, everybody, and I hope you had a great Thanksgiving or spent some time doing things that you enjoy doing and had some time to rest. We are joined today by a high school teacher who's been teaching for about 10 years. Her name is Whitney. She teaches art at an urban high school in Rhode Island. She's taught in several different places. You will hear her talk about that on the episode. We are continuing our series on what teachers need now, uh, especially with the challenges that this return to in-person learning post-pandemic has presented and trying to drill down to what the specific challenges are for educators so that leaders know what they can do to support. So without further ado, here is Whitney. Enjoy. All right. Well, happy Tuesday, everybody. We're back with another episode of Dissected. Um, We're really excited today because we have a classroom teacher who's been teaching for a long time uh, on with us today to talk about our ongoing series on the challenges of this year for teachers, um, what makes it different, and what, what, what needs to happen in order to make things better for teachers. So I'm going to turn it right over to Whitney and ask Whitney just to introduce herself. Hi, um, I'm Whitney, and I've been teaching for 10-ish years um, through the kindergarten through 12th grade. I have uh, started off in nonprofits, and I've worked in charter school, a charter school, and um, currently in a public school now. So I kind of have, I feel like I have kind of a gamut of this area of Rhode Island. Um, oh, and I teach art, which is important. Um, yeah, I, I've been in your art classroom and um, it's such a great place to be. Um, I really want to thank you for joining us because I know that while this this conversation is probably one that's um, dominated the first quarter of the school year, it's one that's also hard to have in public because um, for lots of reasons. And we don't even have to get into those right now. But I really want to thank you because what you're doing is you're helping to, um, A, provide, I think, a voice for teachers you're also helping teachers feel heard and seen, um, and you're helping other people understand uh, what the challenges are and some of the specific challenges. And so thank you for coming on today. I wanted to start out by asking you, what what are some of the specific challenges that either you're facing? Now, you've been a successful teacher in some of the most challenging environments for uh, 10 years. What are some of the challenges that you're facing this year? And 
how are those challenges different than challenges you may have faced in other years? Um, so many. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <clears throat> I think, so, well, this year is also interesting for me because I, I switched schools during the mm-hmm. pandemic. And uh, this is my first full year at this new school um, with like full full mm-hmm. students. I started I started fully remote there. Um, for me, I think the biggest challenge is mental health. Um, uh, mental health of students, and also just the fact that they've been without a consistent schedule, going to school every single day for almost a year and a half before, before coming back to school. So, and, and, you know, and we had some students, they were in seventh grade when they went to distance learning. So they really didn't have that transition from high school, like eighth grade, their whole eighth grade year. There was no transition to high school. Um, And I think like the phone addiction, there's like serious phone addiction I'm noticing with my students. Just this idea, this, 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 this situation where we've gone from zero to 60. We were home completely on our, our, on our computers doing, doing work that way. Um, and then when we had, we had about 50% of our students in at the end of the year last year, um, very different environment. And they were only coming in every other day. And then we just went right to full on everyone's back. And we just went with it <laughs> like right right at like a rocket we were just off and, and there was no adjustment for me I had a hard time and I'm and I'm you know an adult who's been in the school system for a few years now um my students I think that that must have been much more challenging for them so when you that. say that um you know with them like the mental health challenges for your students and then also um you know, having essentially missed a year and a half of school coming in um, and having to adjust to a different environment. Can you, what does that look like? How does that show up in your class, in your colleagues' classes, in the hallways? But how, like you said, the phones, um, what is that? Because we, because phones aren't new, right? Like we've been dealing with cell phones for so long as teachers. Um, What's different now? That's a great question. Um, I think I, just specifically about the phones, I, there's a, there's an actual, like, it's, it's so obvious that this, that the kids are addicted because they, they, I mean, I guess I shouldn't use that. I shouldn't just throw the word addiction around. Well, you, would you say maybe reliant um, on them? Yes. Uh, it's, I had a student come up and I'm using that word specifically because I had a student come up and he's like, it's like, I'm a, I like, I, I don't mean to be disrespectful to you. I cannot put my phone mm-hmm. down. I was like, well, I appreciate you coming to me and saying that, but we have to figure something out because you're not learning anything when you're playing, um, yeah. pinball on your phone. <laughs> um, yeah. So the phones, I think that's real. It's just so, it, they're so distracting. They, and I, I teach art, so I, I let them use their music. Every once in a while, they're watching TV while they're while they're mm-hmm. making a drawing, and I'm like, I don't know if that's like the greatest thing, but I, they're working, yeah. so I'm I'm gonna like pick this battle because there's plenty of others that mm-hmm. I could be fighting. Um, yeah. Uh, so the phones definitely that's 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 definitely a struggle. I think just interacting with each other. Um, like t- I I just keep seeing students touch like 
it's almost like they've missed not only a year and a half of school, but a year and a half of maturity and like being around, learning how to be around people, um, touching each other in the hallway. Like it, it just doesn't feel like I'm in, I'm teaching the age group that I should uh-huh. be teaching sometimes. Um, and then also like thinking more about like the, the specific mental health, um, dealing with that. I, I students that I know have had significant challenges being in school because they're just not used to as much stimulation. They're not used to deal, dealing with their feelings mm-hmm. in front of people. Um, it's just so much, and I'm just, I'm rambling. No, now, you're good. It's just so much that I'm seeing and I don't even know how, how to. Yeah. I think, um, <laughs> think no, I, I mean, I, so I started the year out in the classroom and then I ended up, I had this eye injury for the summer and it took me out um of the classroom for a while but i i noticed um students who like i had i think i had like five crises um in the first month of school and that's not typical um cuz i don't have a, i didn't have a, a huge caseload and i remember leaving school um just kind of like, I mean, even just that weighing on me so much because I said, oh my goodness, how are they, how are they managing this outside of school and coming in and we're expecting the same exact thing from them? Um, and I think that, you know, that's a good segue into the next thing I real that really caught my attention. One of the reasons I reached out to you um, to come onto the podcast was you had posted something on uh, social media and it was just, I actually had seen it a couple times that day. Um, and somebody who posted it, I, I don't think I knew them, but um, it was, uh, I'll let you kind of tell the anal- the, the, the story, but um, essentially what it came down to was this concept of business as usual that, you know, everybody's treating, when I say everybody, I mean, um, people inside and outside of education. I think outside of education, it's just kind of like, well, we don't have to think about that. So we don't think about it. Um, plus it's very different. We'll talk about that outside of education, but inside of education, I, when I think of like district level personnel, right, unless they're making concerted effort to come into the buildings and like actually experience being in the classroom, um, they're not getting the experience. They're not, they're not feeling it. They're not noticing. They wouldn't notice it. They wouldn't know. Um, and so this whole business as usual is very concerning because it's, um, it's, it's allowing people who make key decisions for kids and, and, and teachers and adults, um, to, to miss, <laughs> uh, a key piece of information um, they need when they make these decisions on, you know, even like what, what to do with um, teachers free time, right? Uh, how much homework to assign, how or, or policies around homework, grading policies, just all different things that they may be doing. Um, can you share a little bit about what prompt, like what the post was, if you can remember, and then what prompted that? Because th- that resonated with me so much that day. And that was probably about a month ago. Yeah. Yeah. So I can't, I can't give credit to whoever it was. Yeah. I can't remember. The <laughs> yeah. I can't remember the actual post, but I know the post was comparing, um, so if any of your listeners are out there and they, you know, let it, can let us know. Yeah. Um, seen this as well. Uh, it was comparing 
being a teacher to being a steward on the Titanic. And I actually didn't know what steward was until they started to read mm-hmm. about it. And it was like, okay, well, the sink is, this, the ship is sinking. So we just need to keep playing. So it ends up, you know, it ends up being the, the people that are playing the, the violin mm-hmm. as the Titanic is sinking, just like, you know, it's going down and you're nervous because you're like, okay, well, I'm probably going down with it, but I'm just supposed to like make everything okay. And like, really putting a bandaid on this, on this issue that like you can't possibly solve. And I saw that post and I was like, I just laughed because, you know, that's really the only thing you can do in, in a situation. Yeah. <laughs> this is where your, your day-to-day experiences because, and I think about it, like I see my other, my colleagues in the hallway, like walking or, or, you know, standing outside their classrooms and there's just sometimes chaos in the hallway. And we're just like, like looking at each other, like, what do we do? Like, I don't know what to do at this or yeah. So that's, that's where that, that, um, that, that post. Yeah. I mean, it really spoke to me, um, because you know, the way from like through my lens, I think at that point I was still, I was still in the classroom. I may have just, I might've just left on, um, like the medical leave I was on. Um, and I just thought about, my colleagues and actually for myself, I was like, I'm, I was frustrated for everybody because, um, you know, I think about what the violinists were supposed to be doing right. As the Titanic was, sh- was sinking. And like you said, the point is to make everybody else feel better. Um, or, or, or may, or kind of like essentially like pretend that this isn't happening, right. Pretend that yeah. everything's fine. Um, everything's going to be fine, even though you can literally see the ship broken in half and people falling into the water and people, you know, not getting on life rafts. Like yeah. we know how that, we all know how it ends. Um, yeah. Yet the violinists are playing um, because their job is to, or they've taken on the role of this isn't really happening. It's all going to be fine. And um, the thought that, we were supposed to, as teachers, um, play that same role this year. It hurt. Like, I remember feeling really hurt as we were going into the school year. And not because I thought mm-hmm. my, like, I just, my masks are uncomfortable, right? And I like to also, like, I love to use facial expressions. They're very expressive. Um, I taught special ed, so, like, that I rely on a lot of right. facial expressions um, for interacting. So like, I was just more like, that was where I was frustrated, but I knew that there were a lot of people who, whose lives are going to be really impacted. And there was no acknowledgement of that. If anything, it was like, oh, you're being dramatic. Not me, but just, that was the message that I felt it was being sent to teachers. And it was certainly the, and I was, I didn't know, but I assumed it was the message that was being received. And then over the past couple of months, certainly that's the message message that's been received. Um, what what does that feel like to you when it's hey just business as usual you know just you got to keep going you got to you got to do it you know this is teaching how does that feel yeah it feels um it feel <laughs> it feels you used this word actually earlier gas it feels like i'm being gaslit it feels like i'm i'm um like, oh, there's no problem, but, but I'm not able to be effective. And then it just makes me feel like, okay, well then the problem must be me. But then I know 
that the problem isn't me because I'm trying really hard and I'm, you know, after teaching for 10 years, like I'm, I'm sure I haven't like regressed that much after the year of distance learning. <laughs> like, um, and I think it's, yeah, it's just, it's very, it's, it's frustrating. Uh, because then the people that are saying like, you know, just keep going are not the people that are in my classroom, as you mentioned. Yeah. Um, they're not the people that see. And when I tell them of the things that are happening that I'm struggling with, it's like, oh, well, we'll try. We'll try to get someone in there. I'm like, okay, well, <laughs> I don't know what to do anymore yeah. with this. Yeah. And you I know. mean, you're, you know, you're an extremely positive, optimistic person in general and teacher. I've known you. Um, you're an incredibly effective teacher. So like, I'm, sh I'm sure I know that for you, you're pushing through and you're doing the best you can. And I'm sure that your students are having a good experience in your class. Um, but that doesn't mean, just because that's the case doesn't mean that um, this doesn't have an impact and it's not still hard. Um, yeah. You mentioned, we were talking earlier um, and you mentioned uh, when you hear, like I've had a similar experience to what you're about to share that you hear commercials or things on the radio or on TV. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So I heard one this morning I, and I've heard them a lot recently. These I'm listening to NPR on the mm -hmm. way to work and they're like, we're going to have a conversation about what is it, what should it be like when people go back to work <laughs> and what should, how should we structure things differently? Um, should people have to go in five days a week if that's not really what our, uh, if that's not really what our um, structure is going to be like anymore. And so for me, it's really interesting because none of those conversations have happened in the school system. And we are just like nothing ever happened. Like there was never a pandemic. Yeah. I, I've had the yeah. same, um, I have the same exact thought when, you know, it's a, whether it's a commercial or even like a conversation with, a family friend or a random stranger who's like, Oh yeah, I'm still working. Um, it's not the work from home thing. I think it's just like you said, now that people are starting to go back to work and I'm like starting to go back to work. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, we like did that. Okay. Well, like we were just bam back. Um, and bam back with full, like a full clientele essentially. Right. Like there's no like, Oh, the, the I went to a store today. And I saw, like, there's always a new sign up, right, on the stores that you go to. Like, you can't keep up now. And, like, I go to the store in my town, and it says the capacity is 30 people for the store. I was like, I haven't seen a sign like that in a while. What? And, like, the fact that, like, stores are limiting how many customers can come in. Like, all these protocols and things that are in place. I'm not saying I don't want my kids. Like, I didn't want my kids. I was, the, the happiest day for me was the first day of school when I saw them and had that energy. But there are these yeah. things that are happening in literally every other space, um, whether or not, you know, it's not political, whether or not people believe it's necessary, they're still happening, right? Like there are precautions being taken um, and we were just fully back, <laughs> fully back, fully operational. Um, maybe we didn't feel like we were fully, could be fully operational, but we were expected to be fully operational. And like we were, whether we we're ready or not, like here's, here is everybody here's here's your class. Like, let's go. Um, and I thought to myself, that's really interesting that 
not everybody's back yet. And also what you just said about how should we structure it differently? I've seen a lot of articles come out from um, like Forbes mm-hmm. will publish it, Harvard Business Review um, about the changing workplace structure and having these really intentional conversations. And I understand the nature of education. We, we, we we're constantly changing, right? We're constantly adjusting um, and being flexible is part of being a good teacher or effect, or at least having good experience being a teacher. But um, to not have any of those conversations at all leading into the school year and then to still not have had any of those conversations is hard. I think when we know that those are happening right. in every other sector, um, it's hard not to be part of, well, it's hard not to have a conversation. And then if there is one happening, which I don't think there is, um, to not be, to not be part of it, which is actually really the point of this season of the podcast is to say, okay, well, if there isn't a conversation happening right now, I'm just going to make it happen. Um, and also like, if there's going to be a conversation and there isn't an opportunity or somebody is not making the space for teacher voices to be there, I'm going to make that happen too. Um, so that you can at least hear from people who are, you know, solutions oriented people, but who are also like really challenged right now with, with what they're doing. Um, what I'm, I'm curious, um, you know, so we talked about you and how like, like your, um, disposition is, you know, even if you're having a tough time, most people probably don't know it. Um, and I know that's just, that's kind of how you carry, (laughs) that's how, that's just how you roll. Um, but mm-hmm. maybe you could also exp- um, talk about like what do you hear your colleagues saying, whether they're in your school or not in your school. Like, what are your colleagues saying about what's hard this year and like what they need? Yeah, I think I think a lot of a lot of the things I'm hearing have to do with a disconnect between specifically leadership and teachers and students. Um, And I don't really know, there doesn't seem to really be a place, like we can have our meetings Mm -hmm. and we can talk. There doesn't seem to be like an actual um, end. Like there's no, there's no like real conversation. It's like, well, we're talking over here and you're talking over here. And it doesn't seem to be, I don't really feel particularly heard and I don't think and I don't think this is because I also really like the leadership of my Mm -hmm. school I also I don't think that I don't think it has to do with with them intentionally not listening I don't know that there is the space for like these real conversations to actually Mm -hmm. happen especially unless like you're at your breaking point where I'm like this terrible thing happened in my class I need a I need to talk to somebody right now about it that's not the time to have these conversations because it, it's, it's, you're coming from an emotional perspective. You're not, you're not having like, like, like how we're having this conversation yeah. right now. I would love to like have more of these sort of conversations with the leadership of my school um, or, or teachers even so that we're able to come at it from like a more of a logical and, and planned out perspective. Yeah. Do you worry about their future as teachers or about them walking away? Um, yeah. And honestly, sometimes I worry about myself <laughs> in that capacity. I just, 
Uh, I think it's there's we're doing so many things that aren't teaching. I love teaching. Yeah, I, know I you love do. teaching art. Yep. I love I love it, sharing art with students. I love the conversations we have, but so much of the job is not that anymore. And it's really tiring. <laughs> and so myself, myself, I worry about myself and I worry. Yes, I do worry about some of the teachers as well. Yeah. When you say, um, and this is a little bit of an aside and it may not be pandemic specific or like, like this year specific. And when you say a lot of the job isn't that anymore, can you talk about that a little bit further? Like, what do you mean by that? What has replaced some of those things or what, or what's competing? I mean, and I know some of these things are things I know that you've already talked about with, with regards to teacher burnout. Um, covering classes. Mm. Like I'm not a, I'm not a high school physics teacher and I will do no good in that class except for to be a literal babysitter. Um, and it takes away like from my, my content, it takes away from my class. Cause now I don't have time to, to plan the thing I was going to plan. Okay. First for anybody who's listening, for anybody who's listening, cause we do have a lot, we do have people who are not in the education world. Um, when you say covering classes, can you explain mm. what that means? Yes, that means a teacher has called out and we don't have a substitute. And so I get called down in the morning to come to the office and get my piece of paper that says, well, class, it says the roster and it says, um, it's just, I have to do it. There's no option. Um, And I do sort of, I have like administration duty period. So I sort of know when they're Mm -hmm. coming. Sometimes they come out of surprise, (laughs) but usually... Usually I do know when I'm going to be getting one. I usually get one every administration duty. Um, and, but I don't know where I'm going to be, mm-hmm. which also causes me like a lot of anxiety because I don't know these kids necessarily. Um, and I don't know most of teaching is relationships, right. yep. you know, most of beha- behavior of management. I'm doing quotations. If you don't know the kids, you have no idea how to manage their behavior. Mm-hmm. And when a substitute comes in, they don't, they, they don't know that's their free period. Um, so that's, yeah, there, there's that, that's a big one. And then I also think just that, to clarify too, like that you're yeah. losing, like, I know you said you have an administrative period, but like there are times when you're on a signed period, which is meant for you to be able to prepare for your class, yeah. whether it's grading papers or get, get materials ready or whatever it is, like you're losing that time too. And your colleagues yeah. are losing that time to cover for teachers who are calling out sick or need to take the day because there aren't enough subs anywhere. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And it seems that it's getting more, I don't know if there's more call outs or there's less subs, but it seems to be progressing. Um, They all, it also takes away from my, uh, we have a professional learning Mm -hmm. community where, you know, we're supposed to be having these kinds of conversations and that I haven't had in many weeks because one person, at least one person from my, Learn, my learning community is covering the Yeah, class. and that just for, for people who are listening, professional learning communities are probably <clears throat> the highest leverage uh, uh, structure you can have in place for teachers um, that directly impacts student achievement um, and teacher efficacy because teachers are planning together um, around the similar group of kids or they're tackling problems of practice together and supporting each other. Um, and having that one structure, uh, pays off in dividends and to not have that 
it's like you you feel like you're losing you've lost the massive support when you don't have that so i just wanted to make sure i named that for anybody who's listening yeah yeah um and then back to just like other things that i'm doing i'm spending a lot of time contacting parents when students are coming in super late to my classes or you know refusing to do things which again i think this goes back to the initial um initial issue i i spoke Mm -hmm. about um with students uh and then just like covering the hallways like that's another thing that we were asked to do sometimes um and probably to state like there's a difference between being i mean you know for for years years and years and years um the expectation or the ask was like okay teachers like be at your um your threshold, right, in your like during passing time, and that was like you know to have an extra set of eyes um, on the hallway, and actually, and awesome just to say hi to kids as they walk by. But I, mm-hmm. what I'm hearing is that now it's really not; it doesn't feel like that when you're you know covering the hallways. You're if you're in the halls, there's like a when you see things happening that seem beyond the scope of what you're. Uh, I should, I don't want to say able to handle, but like what you feel like is kind of your place to address there. It probably causes an anxiety or a, a worry yeah. or a, you know, I don't know what to do with this right now. Um, is, am I, am I accurate in, in describing that? Yeah. Yeah. You are. Because like, if I don't even know a student name, like what kind of, I can't, and they know I don't know their name. They know I can't do anything yeah. about it. Um, yeah. So I think it's just those things. They just take up, they take up so much of my t- time. They also take up so much of my headspace. Like I have, if I have a really, I've, I have a really tough class and it like takes a lot of the, sometimes like a lot of the joy out of teaching. And especially the, I, I go back and forth about this. Cause I'm like, well, I want to get to every kid yes. that I can. I want to give everyone love um, regardless of how much anti-love they're giving me. Um, and then there's the kids that are always there and they're always listening and they're always doing what they should be doing. And they get lost sometimes because I'm, there's like, there's, there's people that really require a lot more of my attention and I don't know. So then like, it's not just my actual physical time. Sometimes I do actually have time and I'm like sitting and just decompressing and thinking, well, like, well, how can I do better for that Mm -hmm. kid? This worry about, um, this worry that you have, uh, you know, for your colleagues and for yourself is really the exact, um, genesis of why, uh, or how the season came about, because, you know, there were issues long before the pandemic, teachers, Mm -hmm. teachers and principals were leaving the profession before the pandemic, um, teachers and principal like uh, like really like highly effective effective incredible teachers um like you uh and principals were leaving the profession before the pandemic but since it's more pronounced and um we need to we need to stop that and we need to stop it not just because we stop it we need to stop it because we 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 need like Whitney to stay a teacher because Whitney loves teaching again. And we need you to stay a teacher because you 
all the things you love about it, you're able to do and all the stuff that makes that 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 makes it a, like a, a negative experience, we remove as much of that as possible or 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 if we can't, we pile on the supports that can address that with you and for you so that you can teach because you know to it to, I don't know if people understand. And if you're listening, I hope you hear me when I say this, it takes a lot for a teacher to leave the profession because it's a heart filled profession, right? Like we love students, we love them. Um, And so to make a decision to step away from that takes a lot. Um, There a lot. It's not just one thing. A lot has, has, has gone into that. Um, And so, you know, that's really what, started me on my mission um, as I was stepping out of the role of principal. I knew I was stepping away from that role, but I knew what I was trying to find was the role where I could actually support teachers more directly um, because I saw too many, even when I was principal leaving and it was, they were incredible. They were great people and they were leaving for reasons that maybe I couldn't fix because I didn't have the ability to do that, um, at the time, but that systemically could have been fixed. And so, um, that's one of the reasons why this conversation is happening tonight. It's one of the reasons why we're having these conversations, um, this season is because this is a real issue. This isn't people who are like, Oh, I want summers off, or this isn't an issue of like, I mean, pay. Yes. We have discussions about pay all day, but, um, it's honestly what it's doing to, to teachers, mental health, physical health, um, and quality of life that is, is making them make these decisions for the most part to evaluate, um, is this the right thing for me to be doing? And, you know, my hope for you, Whitney, is that you're like, yes, it is because, (laughs) because they need you, (laughs) they need you so badly. You're so good at what you do. Um, and you know, I'm wondering if we can kind of close this out. Um, if you think about teachers like right now and then in the spring and then even into like next year, what do teachers need? Um, I definitely think they need more conversations like this. Um, and they need, I just feel like our time, our time needs to be respected. I think that so much of, so much of teaching is not just standing in front of my class for my 55 minute block. And then Mm -hmm. I'm done. There's so much mental, there's so much mental space that goes on. Um, especially when dealing with, with students after this like really horrible time that we've just had. Um, and I think like my short term answer is like subs, get us (laughs) substitutes. So we have time to, to use that mental space. Um, but again, just like really prioritizing teacher time and, and giving us the time that we need to like do our jobs well. Um, and I think that it's just, there's, as I'm thinking about this, there's so many different things that come up. Like we need, we need more support with like our, with our students when they're having a hard time, like that's taking up our time. Um, we need to be heard when we're saying like, this is what I've tried is not working. Please. Like I need assistance in this because my, my class is not learning or this person is not learning. Um, 
Yeah. So I, I think I just answered your question with like 17 other yeah, but that's, things. That's, but... but that's the point of this, right? Like it's, if yeah. there was just one thing that was needed, this probably wouldn't be such a pervasive challenge right now, right? Because we would just do that one thing. Um, and so I think the more that we can name the challenges and then name the specific um, solutions or, or supports that are needed, the easier it will be for people to grasp this and hopefully make that change so that we are like actually positively impacting. And it's not just about the teachers. It is, but we have teachers because teachers teach kids, right? Like, like right. you're the first line. Right. I remember I had a principal, um, my first year of teaching, um, in 2005. And he always used to say that to us. Like, you are the first line of defense. You're the first line. Not when he, and he would say that, like, you are the person closest to the kids. So we, you're the most important people in the school. Um, other, uh, other than the kids, right? We have our kids who are the people we're serving. And then we have the teachers who are, you know, teachers and paraprofessionals are the most important people in the school because you're the ones taking care of our kids and teaching them. Right. Um, and so if we're not taking care of you, then A, that's going to trickle down, but B, like, how can we expect you to take such good care of, of them who have, and they've been through so much and that's presenting as lots of different things. Like you said, we need to take care of you. Um, and so I'm hoping that, you know, we're able to break that open a little bit. Um, Whitney, thank you so much for coming on tonight. I really, really appreciate it. I know that this will, uh, is it's been enlightening and I think, um, a lot of people can, a lot of teachers will resonate. This will resonate with them. And I think for a lot of other people who aren't sure exactly what's going on for teachers right now, this will help give them a lot of clarity. So thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much for giving the space and, um, and for having these conversations, because I do believe the other needed. I obviously want to thank Whitney for joining us today. Um, she said something that really resonated with me. She said a few things, but she talked about just the opportunity to talk about the struggles, the challenges, the great things, the nuances of this school year. And I didn't realize how little it's possibly being talked about or that it's just being talked about in pockets. So that is the goal of this podcast is to open up this conversation so that more people can be part of it. But if you're listening and you're in any sort of leadership position in your school district or have any ability to impact what conversations can take place, perhaps that's a place to start. And allowing everybody to be heard to talk about what's hard, to talk about what they're excited about, to talk about what they need, might be a great next action step, an easy one. So with that, take care, have a great week, see you next week.